Mug episode 393 on Monday the 14th of March 2016. I am your host Stephen Layton for the 393rd time. Welcome to In My Mug. Welcome to the news. No, I have no idea what that was about either. We can all just think, can we just move on as if it never ha- happened? Okay. Um, coffee bags. We are thinking of redesigning our coffee bags again. Um, we're always kind of trying to improve and make them smarter. And definitely since doing the exclusive box, it's made me really think about them a lot. Um, this is your chance to have some input into it, so uh, let us know what you want. Go. No, don't go, stay, but go with your feedback. I'd be very keen to hear them. Normal channels, you know where we are. Email, bricks through windows with notes tied to them, all sorts. Um, this week's coffee comes uh, from Colombia, Colombia Santuario, uh, and it's going to be the red Tipica, but we also have a yellow Tipica from there, but probably won't be in my mug because of the lot size, um, so you may want to dive in and buy that um, as, a, as, a, as an extra. The new edition of Stand Art is out. Uh, it's a coffee magazine. It's very readable. It's very cool. It has one of the coolest guys in coffee on the front, Klaus Thompson, who I'm very proud to call my friend. Um, lots of interesting articles, but the thing that really impressed me is there is a poster of the new SCAA flavour wheel, which there's been a whole heap of interest about. Um, and you should buy Stand Art as you get the free version of it. And it is beautiful. I mean, it is absolutely so well put together. Um, it is a real good coffee table book about coffee. And that was the news. So we should go to Focus On, uh, and this week's Focus On is about the coffee varietal Tipica. So Tipica is one of the main cultivars of Coffee Arabica, um, which um, many other kind of uh, varietals have been derived from. Um, it has a longer seed form um, than other coffees, um, than, for instance Bourbon, Tipica, uh, and it is taller um, and has conical shaped branches, kind of like that, um, that grow at a slant. Um, it's a fairly low production, very good quality, and has many, many subtypes. So things like uh, Blue Mountain, uh, Guatemalan Tipica, uh, Java, all derived from the original Tipica. And Bourbon itself has uh, lots of strains of Tipica within it. Um, and it was the first coffee that was moved to uh, Central America. Um, if you're to believe the story about the Dutch King Louis the 14th, um, gave it to uh, the Parisian gardens um, and it ended up being smuggled out, if you believe that story. But that was the varietal of Tipica. So this week's coffee we've had before. Um, in fact, we've had it twice before. Uh, loved and lost, loved and lost, and loved again. Uh, so maybe I should tell you the backstory to that. So the story starts back in 2009, when at the time there was so little good Colombians about. And leaf rust was a massive problem at that time. Um, and it was getting harder and harder to find really good Colombians. Uh, yields were down. Uh, coffee was being hoovered up regardless of quality and crazy prices were being paid and we were really struggling to find a Colombian that we loved um, and then we found 
uh, a farm on an offer sheet of an importer that we don't usually use. Um, but we called a sample in, cupped it and really liked it. Um, and found out more about the coffee, had a great backstory and a great cup quality, so we were definitely in. So that was 2009, where we stopped a Tipica then. Um, and uh, it was a tiny lot, uh, but very popular. Uh, went in two and a half weeks, I remember. Um, it just absolutely flew out the door. Um, and then uh, the last crop arrived, the latest crop arrived, we hoovered up some of that as well. And it became a firm favourite. Unfortunately, the importer stopped working uh, with Camillo, who is the farm owner. So in 2011, I went out to Bogota for the World Barista Championships. And at the beginning of that trip, I decided it would be a good idea to uh, maybe go and find Camillo. Uh, and I found his email address through a friend who was buying the coffee already. Um, and um, I spent a few days driving around and didn't get to go to the farm. It's one of the farms I would love to visit and have yet to be able to get there because it's in a, a region that is fairly unsettled and not particularly safe. Um, and the day we were meant to go, there was some unrest, so we weren't able to go out. But we bought that coffee directly uh, and all was well um, <clears throat> until we had some communication issues, I'm going to call them. But basically we just didn't, like things didn't work out between us. We weren't talking to each other very clearly. Um, and we lost the coffee. Uh, and I was super sad. I don't think, I, like, th this coffee stayed in my mind for a very, very long time. Uh, and every year, I th thought about the farm, I thought about the coffee, but weren't able to get it. And then fast forward this year to, uh, well, last year now, actually, 2015, uh, I was at the World Barista Championships in Seattle. Yes, another Barista Championships. And who did I bump into but Camillo? Um, so we ended up having a very long conversation uh, and both came out deciding it was worth another try. So we, this is the result of that conversation. Um, and Camillo is one of the leading, the leading kind of guys in specialty coffee in uh, in Colombia, and he's a template for the future as I see it. Um, instead of trying to uh, increase yields, uh, plant things like uh, leaf rust resistant coffees like. Columbia and Catimore and things like that. He has decided to follow a model of having quality coffee. So planting very unusual, different varietals. Um, while everybody's planting Castillo and Catimore, he's planting Tipica and Bourbon and Geishas and all the other crazy coffees that are out there. And um, instead of looking at the yield, he's looking at the cup quality and choosing them for how they taste, uh, being the number one um, you know, the number one reason, yeah, the in, the intrinsic taste, and I use this like intrinsic values of the coffee of, is very important to him. Um, and also a very keen cupper and a very very good cupper, and understands what specialty coffee is. Uh, he's done a lot of work with Intelligentsia, which is a big coffee roasting company based in Chicago and Los Angeles in the U.S. Um, and they have been feeding back lots to him. Um, he's always asking really interesting questions as well. So that one of the things he talks about is um, irrigation. Weather has become a massive problem with global warming and, and, and the changes that have happened in coffee. So he built a giant greenhouse um, and had irrigation into there. So he decided when the co coffee was going to flower and crop. Um, just really crazy. Like this, this whole tent is like um, one hectare um, covered over. And this crazy approach has meant that, you know, 
he has some amazing coffees. He's constantly uh, impressing me with the quality of the coffees that he has. Um, the farm Santuario uh, was actually cattle grazing land in the 90s, um, but he looked at the altitude, which is 1800 to 2100 meters above sea level. He looked at the virgin ground. He looked at the, the temperature ranges that were going on there and saw that this land had like real possibilities for growing amazing coffee. And because there was no planting there before, he had this opportunity to really plant out the varietals and plant varietals that he knew uh, were gonna be interesting and tasty. Um, looking at the soil content and all of that, he could see that this was a place, a really perfect place to be building a farm. Um, and I love the fact that he's built the farm like but you're going to see on Google Maps you'll see this beautifully laid out farm and if you go to the product page and has been there's a beautiful map of the farm it's all very much mapped out um, the main varietals he has is Tipica and Bourbon which is 80% of the crop uh, but then he has his experimental lots of geisha, marga sheep, mocha and things like that um, that has say just perfectly perfectly planned uh, planned out into little tablons as well and um, this comes from the agricolito tablon of the farm i've probably murdered that um it was the first time we've seen this lot this year uh, we've, we've we'd seen heliconus before um but very very excited uh, to be able to offer um, this coffee again and I'm really hoping third time looking, it's something that we see year after year. And I've got a feeling that it will. I think we, we've sorted a lot of those problems out, so it's, it's very exciting. So the coffee is called Finca Santuario Aguacalito uh, Tipica um, from the Santuario farm. It is 100% Tipica. It is a fully washed. Um, altitude is 2,050 meters of this lot, um, with the uh, rest of the farm being 1,800 to 2,100 meters. Um, it is the whole farm is 135 hectares, which is huge, huge for Colombia, but huge for anywhere really, apart from Brazil. Uh, but only 70 hectares, 60, 70 hectares are planted with coffee. It's owned by Camilo Merizald. Um, the nearest city is Cali, in the region of Cacao, and it is in the country of Colombia. So um, we should go to this week's map, which I seem to remember is an absolute stonker. Hello, so here we are, waving, waving, up we go. You know the drill by now for sure, we do this a lot. Um, we're going across uh, the Atlantic, uh, but instead of Central America, we're going to be zooming into South America and the country at the very top there of South America, Colombia. So here's a fact, first of all, that Colombia has the biggest salsa festival, the biggest theatre festival, and the biggest outdoor horse parade. Interesting, eh? They like the biggest, that's for sure. Um, but we're more interested in coffee, so we're going to zoom down, and we're zooming down here to uh, the Cauca department, and in particular, Santuario. Um, you see a particularly mountainous area, very, very uh, mountainous, but the highest point is 6,542 metres, not this point, Nevado Sajama, and the lowest point is Rio Paraguay at 90 metres. Um, so we're going to kind of zoom down and get into a little bit more detail. <clears throat> now, as I alluded to, this is a good map bit. You can see the lines of the farm 
purely defined on this one. So this is into the separate lots, the separate varietals, the separate kind of little parcels of land that we have here. And there, you can see this is a, a, the actual map that um, Camillo sent to us. And you can see particularly that pink part, um, that is part of the region where this week's coffee is from. So we can really get down to those tiniest of details uh, with this farm. And that's just because of the way it's planted. It's newly planted. It isn't trying to work around existing trees and old trees that have always been there. It was really trying to start with a blank canvas and think, okay, what's the best way to divide this up? How is the land and how is it best used? And that was a really good map it. It was a stonker, wasn't it? I'm sure it was. Um, speaking of stonkers, I'm sure Roland has a daft fact of stonkability. Known as the Hormigas colonus, this huge butted ant is a delicacy and is often sold on street corners in Colombia. Yum yum. Yes, the Hormigas colonus. I've never tasted one, but they're pretty ugly looking things and you see lots of street vendors in Colombia selling them as snacks. Okay, time to wipe your on pause, go and get, time to go and get tasty and delicious drinks. Be back with you in just a second. Hello, I'm back. Straight into the espresso. Mm. Wow. So what starts off in the espresso is dark, almost like baker's chocolate. It's got a real kind of bite to it um, and lovely coffee bitterness the sweetness is a hundred percent brown sugar it is like brown sugar city but there's some acidity on the back end and i'm actually struggling to put my finger on it i'm gonna go with lime lime like acidity but like like a chocolate lime you know like those chocolate lime sweets that it really, yeah? No, I'm, I'm going with that. So brown sugar, chocolate lime, and um, what was the other thing I said? No, oh, baker's chocolate. Hmm. Okay, in the milk, it disappears a little. That lime's definitely gone. It's very sweet. Um, a lot of the bitterness of the dark chocolate is gone in the milk. I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan. Right. What I am a fan of is, of course, the Chemex. And I'm using my Welsh mug. Chrissy's linked to this. So Dale's made the drinks for me, but Chris has decided on the mug. It's because it was St David's Day uh, last week. And also because the uh, Welsh Aeropress Championships happened. But I'm just going to say it's in honour in honor of Estelle Bright, who is my favourite Welsh person. So... Estelle is one of the most talented baristas in the UK, a regular competitor in the UKBC, and a very good friend and works for La Mazocco UK, and we love Estelle, she's awesome. So, in the brewed coffee, that chocolate lime is booming through. A lot of the bitter chocolate isn't as strong as it is in the espresso, but it's still definitely there, but there really is a, a lime undercurrent, and 
brown sugar, big time. That's a delicious coffee. I'm so, so pleased to see this coffee back. I'm so, so pleased to be working with Camillo again, and um, very excited to see where this goes and what other lots we may see over the coming years. Um, but do expect more from Camilla. Okay, we are done. Time to wrap up. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. And do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee. Even if you say it quickly. <laughs>